Well, guys, listen, if you have your Bibles or if you've got your sermon notes open, you'll notice at the top of those sermon notes uh, is a set of Scripture. I'm going to be reading from the Gospel of Matthew, um, chapter 6, starting in verse 19. And I just want to read for a little bit, 19 through verse 34. And here is what the Word of the Lord says. Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount says, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now we're going to skip down to verse 25. He says, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body and what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? You, little faith. So don't worry saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for the Gentiles eagerly seek all of these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so, uh, this morning, we're going to start this new series, Questioning Jesus. Uh, and here is the first question that our Lord poses that I think we need to dig a little deeper into. Uh, here it is. From Matthew 6.27, can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And uh, of course the answer to that, what Jesus says kind of clearly in that passage is no. Uh, no you can't. Um, but, but maybe what you didn't catch, a little more subtle, is why. Why we shouldn't worry. And I, I believe in this passage, just contextually, Jesus actually gives us four reasons why we shouldn't worry. And, and here's the first. First of all, Jesus says that we shouldn't worry, that you shouldn't worry because life is about more than possessions. You shouldn't worry because life is, is actually about more than possessions. So we, we began our reading intentionally up in verse 19 and Jesus is talking about storing up treasures in heaven and he's basically like, hey, uh, you need to live for the stuff that's eternal because all the stuff down here isn't going to last. It's going to rust. Moths are going to eat it. It's going to decay. It ain't worth it. Live your life differently. And then he says this in verse 25. He says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Those two verses are connected. Alright? Like, like we have a tendency as we read the Bible, we've got these little subheadings and sections. We're like, I'm just going to read this little section here. This is just about anxiety and worry. And that, maybe that's what your Bible says and that's great. That's all part of a greater message. So when you go back up to 19, it, the, the, the framing of the conversation is that we need to live differently because the stuff down here doesn't matter. And so Jesus first 
instruction unto us about why should we not worry is pretty simple because there's something more to life than what most of us live for. There's something greater, more valuable. He, he says, listen, so I tell you, man, focus on storing up treasure in heaven. Focus on storing up things that will last forever. And you say, well, what is that? Well, that's the kingdom of God. That's relationships. That's pouring into people so that they know that there is a, a solution to their sin problem and His name is Jesus Christ. And when we focus on, on those things, then we can put our head on the pillow at night knowing I can't save anybody, right? All I can do is be faithful. Now, I, I don't have to be consumed with all this other stuff. That stuff's going to fade. My soul heartbeat can be for the kingdom of God, right? It's a big deal. So the first reason that we shouldn't worry, right, is, is because... Life is about more than possessions. By the way, I think if we did a little gut check this morning, uh, most of the things that keep us up at night fall in that category. There's, it's really stuff that doesn't matter, amen? Right? Problems that are going to sort themselves out, right? Somebody, oh, somebody's mad at you. Okay, guess what? People are mad at me all the time. It fades, it will. And you know, if it doesn't, they'll go find somebody else to be mad at. That's how life works, right? So I don't have enough money to pay this bill. It'll happen eventually, right? It'll happen eventually. You call the hospital and say, listen, I, I got $4.90. Well, how much how much that you want this month? It's okay. Like, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. And this stuff isn't what life's about. Life is about so much more. So, so we start there. Second reason Jesus says we shouldn't worry. He says you shouldn't worry because God is provider, not you. You shouldn't worry because God is provider, right? Not you, right? Greatest fallacy ever. Right? Greatest lie that we've ever believed is that we're in control. Greatest fallacy ever. The thought that somehow we can figure it out and we've got this. And liar! You don't! You got, if the last year and a half hasn't proven anything, this is why I'm so frustrated with social media and everybody pointing fingers, your fault and your fault and your fault. Everybody thinks that we've got solutions. We have no solutions. Control is a fallacy. Life and death and success and health fallacy. It's a joke. We are not in control. We don't tell the ocean where to stop and the stars where to come out and take their place. We don't tell the, the sun and the moon and, and how far apart they should be. We don't tell the earth how fast it should spin or that it should tilt this way or that way. We don't do. We're not in control. We're not. We are not. The providers. That's what Jesus is teaching. Check this out in verse 26. He says, consider the birds of the sky. Man, they don't sow or reap. They, they, don't, they don't build barns and gather stuff in. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So aren't you worth more than they? In verse 30, he's going to point to the ground. He's going to say, look at the the." The grass of the field. Look at the lilies of the field, man. I, I tell you, they don't, they don't labor or spin, and yet Solomon, in all of his glory, all of his riches, all of his wealth, he was never dressed as beautiful as they are. I, I just want you to see, this is cool what Jesus does here. Maybe you don't catch it when you read. Jesus does, this is visual. Look up there. You see the birds of the sky? Look at them up there. Yeah. God provides them with everything. It's all grace. Oh, look, look down here. You see this stuff down here? 
everything down here you see, right? It's covered by the grace and the providence and the provision of God. And guess what? Everything in between. Fully reliant upon the grace and provision of God. It's visual. Look at the birds of the air. Look at the lilies of the field. Look at your neighbor. Look at yourself. Everything in all of creation is dependent upon the hand of God. Not their own hand. Right? That's the lesson. And, and it's huge. I, I, I love the testimony of Moses to the people, by the way. Right? In Deuteronomy 2.7... Moses is uh, about to uh, transfer leadership and all those kind of things. He's reminding the people. He comes out of the wilderness. He says, for the Lord your God has blessed you and all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through this immense wilderness. The Lord your God has been with you. How long? These past 40 years. What does it say? And you have what? Lacked nothing. Now, I, contextually, can we... Can we can we wrap our minds around that text for a second? Because think about this. He is talking to rebellious people. These are not people that are like, oh, yeah. right. Remember, God's like, hey, I'm going to take you into the promised land. And they said, no. He said, listen, I've, I've got a land flowing in milk. No, thank you. These are rebellious, stiff-necked people. These are disobedient people. These are lack-of-faith, wilderness-wandering people. And yet, what did God do for those people? Even the, even the faithless, what did it do? What did they lack? Nothing. Why? Because the character of God, the power of God demands that he provide for his creation. That is a truth we've got to wrap our minds and hearts around. God in who he is, it demands that he provide. Because he's creator of all. You got it? Listen, some of y'all are like looking like you didn't have enough coffee this morning. This is transformative. God, in who He is, in His DNA, must provide because no one else can. Whoo! Man, that takes some stress off of me. Third reason Jesus says we shouldn't worry. He says you shouldn't worry because you're of great value to God. You shouldn't worry because you're of great value to God. Check out these two verses. Verse 26. Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And what, notice that last line. Aren't you worth more than they? Aren't you worth more than they? We, we get this in verse 30, right? Matthew 6.30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire... Will he not much more clothe you? Won't he, won't he do more for you? Right? Listen, God's saying, if, 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 if that is how Jesus is going, listen, that's how my father takes care of birds. He takes care of grass, which, by the way, I don't know how your grass is looking. Mine's not so hot right now. Right? I mean, it's been hot, but the grass is not so hot. God's like, if, if I take care of grass, and I take care of those dumb little birds, which later on in history, you guys will build houses with windows and they'll fly into them, right? And you'll drive things called automobiles and they'll just fly right into them. Like if, if that's how I take care of animals with brains this big and grass that's here today and gone tomorrow, I make it that beautiful. Won't I take better care of you? 
And, and so I want to unlock a little truth here about the gospel. It may be, um, I think we misunderstand. So I'm, I'm going to say this, like we've lost a lot of people in the last year and a half. Lots of loss, lots of hurt. And so I don't, what I'm going to say, I don't say to injure or hurt anybody. We have a tendency, I think, as we try to deal with loss, to try to like, say things that kind of make sense, make us feel a little better. And so one of the things we say a lot of times, but uh, it, it actually shows our misunderstanding for God's love for us. So that's why I want to point it out, is we say things like, um, God, God gained another angel. And, and so um, I, I just kind of want to unpack that a little bit because scripturally that's not right. Uh, God gained another saint, uh, another sinner, that was made righteous by the blood of Jesus. Uh, God gave uh, another son, another daughter in heaven in his arms, like good to go, that's solid. But here's why I don't like us saying God gave another angel, because God did not send his son Jesus Christ to save angels. See, th- this, is, this is the point of, 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 if you look at the bird, if God takes care of the birds and he takes care of the grass, won't he take much more care of you? But why are you important? Why are you worthy? Because God says so. Because God sent his one and only son to die for humanity. He didn't come to redeem Satan. He came to redeem you. And he came to redeem me. I just need you to, like, in, in all of creation, of all of his creatures, who does God said was made in his image? That's human beings. And human beings are the ones he sent his son to save. Not that Jesus isn't going to make all things right. But he came to rescue and to redeem us. We are the sheep. We are the ones that he is looking for. That's, that's huge. That means that you matter to God. That means when we read 1 John 4, 9 through 10, it speaks about us, right? It says God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Listen, I think birds are glorious creatures. I love watching the birds out of my property. I think angels must be way more glorious because people see them and freak out and hit their face. I love wildflowers. I do. But God didn't send Jesus to die so that those could be redeemed. He sent his very best, his only son, his one and only son, so that you could be redeemed. You say, why should I not worry? I say, because you matter to God. Because you are of great value to God. God cares so much about you that he sent his son Jesus. And if he's going to do that, will he not handle your basic needs in life? You follow me? It's your big. It's your not small little lessons. Jesus ain't asking easy questions. All right? Last reason. We shouldn't worry. Jesus said you shouldn't worry because worry is a never-ending cycle of dissatisfaction. You shouldn't worry because worry is a never-ending cycle of dissatisfaction. Matthew 6, 31, 32. I'm going to read from the NIV. I think it captures the idea better. Jesus says, so don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. I, I like that translation better. It's not just the Gentiles. It's the, the, the non believers actually the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them and if you got into the Greek here uh, it's talking about a, a craving or a desire that is insatiable it's insatiable it can't be satisfied 
right? I mean, like, 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 a, like a wolf uh, longs for blood. It can't be said. It has to have, right? I mean, it, it's like, listen, the pagans, the people that don't know God spend their whole life craving the stuff of the world. And, 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 and they never, every time they get more, they just want more. And they want more, and they want more, and they want more, and they want more, and they want more. And, and what happens is they end up burned out, tired, weary, depressed, frustrated, angry. You know some of those people. You are some of those people. At times. I'm not saying right now. We are some of those people. Because we get caught up in that. We're tired and worn out, washed up, stressed out, broke down. Maybe you came through the doors this morning. That is you. Well, guess what? There's a cure. So I'll close with this. One application point. Just one. Here's the cure. Ready? Seek God first and prioritize His kingdom over the things of the world. Here's the cure. Again, let me say it. Seek God first and prioritize His kingdom over the things of this world. And so, uh, I'm going to read verse 33 to you. It says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then it says, And all these things will be provided for you. Did you catch that? So all the stuff that we have a tendency to worry about. Anybody worry? Is this message hit home with anybody? None of you worry, right? Is that like confession in church if we make people raise hands right now? Like, oh, I hate this message. Uh, like, all the stuff you are concerned and losing sleep over, God says, if you will seek me first, if you will prioritize my kingdom, if you will live for my glory, guess what? I'll trade you. You take my kingdom, you take my glory, I got all your other stuff. That's a solution. Isn't that crazy? Anybody want some rest? Anybody? This, by the way, this is why Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. He said, Just focus on God and His kingdom. I got you. Man, I got you. You can spend your life worrying about stuff that won't last, that you can't control, or you can spend it on the one thing that will kingdom of God. As long as you have breath in your lungs, if you'll pursue Him instead of stuff, not only will you find Him, which is of greatest value, but He will also provide you with everything you need for this life. That's the promise of God's Word. So, I say to you, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or when it's going to end or how it's going to end. Just live for the glory of God and let Him show up in your life in ways that you never thought or imagined. Let Him prove to you that He is provider and not you. And let Him teach you how to rest in Him. Because, as Daniel Tiger says, rest is best. Rest is best. Do you guys pray with me? Father, thanks for loving us. Thank you for your word. God, I pray that we would rest in it completely and entirely. Lord Jesus, we love you. Make this word alive and effective in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.